morning. Good morning. Warm welcome this morning. We are going to begin our service of Holy Eucharist right to on the first page of your seasonal booklet. Blessed be God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And blessed be his kingdom, now and forever. Amen. Almighty God, to you all hearts are open, all desires known, and from you no secrets are hid. Cleanse the thoughts of our hearts by the inspiration of your Holy Spirit, that we may perfectly love you and worthily magnify your holy name. Through Christ our Lord. Amen. Holy God, holy and mighty, holy immortal one. Have mercy on us. Holy God, holy and mighty, holy immortal one. Have mercy on us. Holy God, holy and mighty, holy immortal one. Have mercy on us. The Lord be with you. And also with you. Let us pray. Let your continual mercy, O Lord, cleanse and defend your church. And because it cannot continue in safety without your help, protect and govern it always by your goodness. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, forever and ever. Amen. Please be seated for the readings. First reading is from Ecclesiastes. Vanity of vanities, says the teacher, vanity of vanities. All is vanity. I, the teacher, when king over Israel in Jerusalem, applied my mind to seek and to search out by wisdom all that is done under heaven. It is an unhappy business that God has given to human beings to be busy with. I saw all the deeds that are done under the sun and see all is vanity and a chasing after wind. I hated all my toil in which I had toiled under the sun, seeing that I must leave it to those who come after me, and who knows whether they will be wise or foolish. Yet they will be master of all for which I have toiled and used my wisdom under the sun. This is also vanity. So I turned and gave my heart up to despair concerning all the toil of my labors under the sun, because sometimes one who has toiled with wisdom and knowledge and skill must leave all to be enjoyed by another who did not toil for it. This is also vanity and a great evil. What do mortals get from all the toil and strain with which they toil under the sun? For all their days are full of pain, and their work is a vexation. Even at night their minds do not rest. This is also vanity. The word of the Lord. Thank you. Let's say together Psalm 49. Hear this, all you peoples. Hearken, all you who dwell in the world. You of high degree and low, rich and poor together. My mouth shall speak of wisdom, and my heart shall meditate on understanding. I will incline my ear to a proverb, and set forth my riddle upon the heart. Why should I be afraid in evil days with the wickedness of those <clears throat> the wickedness of those who put their trust in their goods and boast of their great riches? 
We can never ransom ourselves or deliver to God the price of our life. For the ransom of our life is so great that we should never have enough to pay it in order to live forever and ever and never see the grave. For we see that the wise die also, like the dull and the stupid they perish and leave their wealth to those who come after them. Their graves shall be their homes forever, their dwelling places from generation to generation, though they call the lands after their own names. Even though honored, they cannot live forever. They are like the beasts that perish. Our second reading is from Colossians. If you have been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above, where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things that are above, not on things that are on earth, for you have died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, is revealed, then you also will be revealed with him in glory. Put to death, therefore, Whatever in you is earthly, fornication, impurity, passion, evil, desire, and greed, which is idolatry. On account of these, the wrath of God is coming on those who are disobedient. These are the ways you also once followed when you were living that life. But now you must get rid of all such things, anger, wrath, malice, slander, and abusive language from your mouth. Do not lie to one another, seeing that you have stripped off the old self with its practices and have clothed yourself with the new self, which is being renewed in knowledge according to the image of its creator. In that renewal, there is no longer Greek or Jew and Jew, circumcised and uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave, and free, but Christ is all and in all. Thanks be God. The Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, according to Luke. Glory to you, Lord Christ. Someone in the crowd said to Jesus, Teacher, tell my brother to divide the family inheritance with me. When he said to him, Friend, judge or arbitrator over you? And he said to them, Take care, be on your guard against all kinds of greed. For one's life does not consist in the abundance of possessions. Then he told them a parable. The land of a rich man produced abundantly. And he thought to himself, what should I do, for I have no place to store my crops? Then he said, I will do this. I will pull down my barns and build larger ones, and there I will store my grain and my goods. And I shall say to my soul, Soul, you have ample goods laid up for many years. Relax, eat, drink, and be merry. But God said to him, You fool! This very night your life is being demanded of you. The things you have prepared, whose will they be? 
So it is with those who store up treasures for themselves, but are not rich toward God. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise, Praise to you, Lord Christ. In the name of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. <clears throat> Amen. Please be seated. Several years ago, I was at a family reunion, and I have a very distant relative who is married to a woman by the name of Mary, and she brought along with her one of these tea towels that has printing on it, and it says, eat, drink, but who's Mary? <laughs> well, we all thought this was really funny, and I think somebody actually gave it to her was what happened, but she took a picture of it, and I was in the picture. And then she put it on social media. Now, I've never thought anything about this, except that Mary got really concerned that me being a priest, this would somehow be offensive to Episcopalians. <laughs> Clearly, she did not know Episcopalians. <laughs> but actually, what was funny about it is, it's a rip on a line from the Bible, of all the things. Did you hear it today, right? The rich man, soul, you have ample goods laid up for many years. Relax, eat, drink, and be merry. A lot of people assume that came from Shakespeare or something. It's actually from the Bible. But the gospel is interesting because that line actually becomes the rich fool's famous last words. Because Jesus ends this parable with the words, So it is with those who store up treasures for themselves, but are not rich toward God. It's an interesting part about the gospel and Jesus' teaching. Did you know that Jesus teaches more about money than any other single moral issue in the gospel? In fact, one-third of all of the parables are about, in some way, shape, or form, money. Even more astonishing, if you really break it down, one in seven verses in the gospel is about money. It's quite an important theme in, uh, in the Bible. And I, it's interesting, especially... When we think about morality, in our day and age and in our culture, very often what we think about is personal conduct. Usually we mean it when, when we say sin, we talk about sex and chocolate, right? But of course, those things really speak much more highly of our culture than they do about biblical teaching. It is also notable that in all of today's readings, we really hear these, this common theme in all four of them, even in the psalm. But in Colossians, St. Paul names greed in his last, it is the last in his litany of earthly sins. If you notice that in looking at Colossians. But not only does he name it, which probably tells you it's kind of the peak of these sins, but then he goes on and he compares it to the first commandment. It is idolatry. I would suspect, 
on some level. Today's readings are um, probably one of some of the hardest for us to hear, particularly in American society. You know, American society, we, we pride ourselves on things like, you know, the good old Protestant work ethic, right? We love hard work, gaining wealth, saving up. These are values that our culture holds. And there is probably a good case to be made for talking about the morality of all this. We heard this in Ecclesiastes. You're going to love this. But I'm going to say Ecclesiastes is probably one of my favorite books in the Bible because you could just pull it out of any time period. You can plop it down in any culture and time and place, and it sort of just fits right. Uh, I think it's one of the most timeless bits of Scripture. But here the writer of Ecclesiastes starts off by saying, Vanities of vanities, says the teacher. Vanities of vanities, all is vanity. All is vanity. It's actually a very interesting Hebrew phrase when you say something of something. Repeat itself, it literally means the most of. So you have like the holy of holies. It means the holiest place. It is the most vain thing, is what he's saying here. <clears throat> but the parable, getting back to our parable of the rich fool, where this, where this rich man has so much grain, he has to pull down his barns, build new barns, and then he says, I can now retire. I've got my pension. I can sit back, eat, drink, and be merry. What is fascinating about this parable is it's not actually condemning saving up. So don't worry, your 401k is safe from Jesus. <laughs> but listen to what Jesus actually says about this parable. So it is with those who store up for themselves, store up treasures for themselves, but, and what does he say, but are not rich toward God. It reminds me of when I was in high school, there was a t-shirt that was very popular at the time, and I don't know why, but it used to say, those who die with the, with the most toys still dies. Uh, yes, I think that was the original, and it was kind of a spoof on it. But there's something a little bit, some wisdom in that too. What this parable is teaching us is that we need to focus not on earthly wealth, but on spiritual wealth. That is, as hard as we might work for earthly gains, we should actually be working that hard for heavenly gains. This is really a complicated proposition because spiritual wealth is so hard to define. Spiritual wealth is not tangible. In fact, it's impossible to measure. You know, there aren't units of spiritual wealth that we can add up, like dollars or euro or pound or yen or anything like that. It's immeasurable. And we build spiritual wealth through many means. Maybe that's the grace of it. That is not just one way of building spiritual wealth, but there are all kinds of ways. In fact, this is probably not just the grace, but a little bit of that freedom we have in Christ. 
Because we have so many ways, not just one, that we can build our spiritual wealth. First of all, we can build spiritual wealth through prayer. I talked about this last week. What is prayer? Does anybody remember? Oh gosh, you guys need to start taking notes. <laughs> prayer is responding to God with or without words. It's a catechism definition. We can build spiritual wealth through prayer by opening our hearts to God, both personally and together as a church. It's a beautiful thing that we can do. Secondly, we can build spiritual wealth, interestingly, through generosity. Giving freely of material wealth and time. Not storing up things and hoarding them, but seeing what we have as a gift given to us for the purpose that we share it. Now that's a real big shift on how we often, how probably all humans really, not just to pick on one culture, but how all people really see wealth, because we think of wealth as being something we need to, oh, it's to be stored up. But our spiritual wealth would tell us that wealth is actually, we gain it for the purpose of sharing. Thirdly, we can build spiritual wealth through courage. I have often said that the opposite of faith is not doubt, it is fear. Fear is, of course, a natural response, but we cannot let it control us. Building spiritual wealth calls us to be vulnerable. You could just imagine Vulnerability is opening our heart up. But when we open our heart up, we also allow it to be filled. Now, vulnerability can make us uncomfortable, incredibly uncomfortable at times. I mean, that is the definition of vulnerability. And yet, it is a way that when we open our hearts up, they can be filled with that spiritual wealth. Also, we can build it through compassion, seeing the world through the eyes of another. I love this line from Ecclesiastes today. Sometimes one who is toiled with wisdom and knowledge and skill must leave it all to be enjoyed by another who did not toil for it. Boy, talk about a thing that goes against all of our inclinations. We think, hey, this is my stuff. I worked hard for it. <clears throat> and yet, I mean, the wisdom of it is, of course, as all of our readings point out, when we die, somebody else gets our stuff. But we can also think about this as its own way of a gift. Understanding that many work, uh, that many of us work to make lives better. Many other people, in fact, work to make our lives better. You know, the people who plow the snow in the winter make our lives better. The people who work on the electric lines work to make our lives better. But also those ways that people are altruistic. People who, when you go and you serve meals for Love, Inc., you're working to make lives better. And so thinking about how so many in the world work to make our lives better, we, in, a, in turn, owe it to them to make others' lives better. And we can build spiritual wealth 
by respecting the dignity of others. As St. Paul says several times what we heard today in Colossians, in that renewal, there is no longer Greek or Jew, circumcised and uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave and free, but in Christ. But Christ is in all. In our day, we could probably rearrange those labels to fit all the labels of people we know. In fact, even maybe the person we don't like all that much. You know, one of the things I, that really gets me up on Sunday morning and makes me love coming here is I look out across this congregation and I see that line in action, right? We've got, in Christ, there is no young or old, no liberal or conservative, no, you lay, name the label. And it's a wonderful thing that we can come here and gather and put those labels aside and say, yes, but you are my sister and you are my brother. Christ is all and in all. Now, all of this sounds good on paper, talking about spiritual wealth. And they are biblical principles, but of course we also know that we're human and broken and live in a broken world, and these are unsettling, too. I think one of the challenges of thinking about the world that we live in where wealth is this big value and we're called to be in spiritual wealth, something that may be a little bit cold in the world and warm in Christ, is have you ever been outside and it's really cold, and then imagine going immediately from that bitter, bitter cold into a hot bath. How would that feel? Shocking. Yeah, shocking. It's painful even. The world is cold, and Christ's love is warm. And if we only know the world, the, the way of Christ sometimes can feel like a shock. To our system, even though it's good for us. Spiritual wealth goes against everything we're taught by the world. It puts the self aside and it embraces God's love. It is the wealth we build in our hearts and not in the treasury. It is our treasure in heaven that will not perish. Amen. Amen. Thank you for joining the St. John the Divine podcast. If you're interested in worshiping with us, you can visit us at 9 a.m. at our church, which is at 216 East Chandler Boulevard in Burlington, Wisconsin. If you want to learn more about us, you can click the link in the description or visit stjohnthedivine.org. Just remember, we're the one in Burlington, Wisconsin, not the cathedral in New York. Have a great day. Bye.